Hello again, and welcome to this week's episode of World of Wallace and Gromit, the podcast. And this week, it's another bonus topic, creature comforts. The story of a creature comforts really starts a little before it was actually created, with an Ardman project for BBC's Animated Conversations series. Ardman created two five or so minute episodes for this, Down and Out and Confessions of a Foyer Girl, in 1977 and 1978 respectively. The interesting thing about these films was that there was no script, and the conversation is all recorded from real-life situations. So, in Down and Out, the film focuses on a homeless man trying to get a meal in a Salvation Army shelter, and the conversation he has with two of the Salvation Army officers has been animated to the audio, known as lip-syncing. These films were largely disregarded until, in about 1981, when Ardman co-founder David Sproxton introduced himself to ex-BBC producer Jeremy Isaacs, who was now chief executive of the newly formed Channel 4. Still a year away from launching, Channel 4 was a platform which animators saw as having great potential for showcasing their skills. David talked with Isaacs about the challenges of raising funding in Britain for animation, and how, as a company, they were serious-minded and took risks as well as producing content for adult audiences, as well as children. Isaacs wanted Channel 4 to be an alternative to those already existing, and he agreed with many of David's points, so asked David to send some ideas over to him, and an accompanying showreel of Ardman's work. Included in this was Down and Out. Three months later, Ardman's hope was dwindling, when Jeremy Isaacs said that he'd just seen Down and Out, and could Channel 4 have ten more short films in the same style by the time the channel launched? That was only nine months away, and in animation terms for the company at the time, not enough time for ten short films. It was clear that Channel 4 wanted to work with Ardman, because in response to Ardman's concern about the timing, Jeremy says, OK, five now, and five of something else later. Ardman were extremely excited about working with Channel 4, and actually being commissioned to make adult animation a part of animation they felt there was always an audience for, but limited funding. Ardman co-founders David and Peter then drew up a list of possible situations where they might get some interesting natural conversations, which included things like door-to-door salesmen, a hostel for young men on probation, a retirement home, a local magazine's editorial office, and a theatrical agency. They eventually ended up recording at eight or nine locations, before picking the five that they went on to animate. A big contrast to working with the BBC at the time was the concept of realistic budgets. Channel 4 even reminded them to add in a profit margin, which was exciting for Ardman, and also quite smart of Channel 4, as they were ensuring that there was enough funds to develop future projects. The main challenge when recording the sound was a. being in the right place at the right time to get interesting conversations, and B, having sufficient sound quality to be able to hear the right conversation without literally hanging a microphone in front of people and losing the spontaneity of it all. Eventually, the five films for conversation pieces were animated and produced, although not in time for the launch, but were transmitted a year later for the first anniversary of Channel 4. At the time of making this episode, you can watch four out of five of them on the Ardman YouTube channel, Palmy Days, On Probation, 
early bird and sales pitch, as well as the full down and out animation. I found it very interesting to compare this much more raw and serious animation style to the kind of stuff like Morph and Wallace and Gromit that Aardman are best known for. Three years after the first batch of five were produced, it was time to get on with the second lot. Aardman had grown in number, so Aardman co-founders Peter and David decided to give a few people the chance to direct a film under the series title of Lip Sync, including Wallace and Gromit creator Nick Park. Originally, the plan was to have all five films done in a similar style to conversation pieces, but as all the directors had different artistic visions, this proved a bit of a challenge. In the end, there were two interview-style films by Peter Lord, one by Golly, who later went on to mastermind the Shaun the Sheep series, and whose film was more of a narrative than the others, one by another animator about William Shakespeare, and the fifth was Nick Park's Creature Comforts. The film was a series of conversations with animated zoo animals complaining about their living situations and other things, including the British climate. Nick's original plan was to go to the zoo and record people talking about the animals, as he was keen on natural history. The trouble was trying to get good fly-on-the-wall content in a noisy zoo environment, so he then decided to just ask people. The final voices themselves were taken from ordinary people in Bristol, who Nick recorded with the help of a journalist friend. They talked to people from old people's homes, meetings in the street, or just in the corner shop, and asked them about their own lives and thoughts on living conditions. The genius about this short film was the way that Nick animated the body language so subtly that added real depth and humour to what they were saying. Although initially hesitant about using his exaggerated style with close-set eyes and big mouths that he'd used for Wallace and Gromit, to try and be a bit more realistic, but he couldn't resist this natural tendency to do so in such a subtle comic way. This was a funny piece of work, taking real stories and giving them an animal context which worked very naturally. Again, you can watch this film on the Ardman YouTube channel. Creature Comforts was a hit, and in 1990 won the Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film, pipping a grande out to the title. Creature Comforts was only five minutes long, but managed to include 11 speaking animals and many more in the background. Aardman ended up getting so much attention for Creature Comforts, it led to a little frustration on Nick's part, since his labour of love for the last seven or so years had been a grand day out. But there was a real shift in the stop-motion filmmaking scene after Creature Comforts. Suddenly, instead of just recreating scenes of recorded audio, as they had done in the past, Putting conversations into the mouths of animals could create an energy that wasn't present anywhere else. All the lip-sync films were first publicly screened at Bristol Animation Festival in 1989, and afterwards, Terry Gilliam, who was an animation hero of Nick's, appeared on a TV programme and picked out Creature Comforts as something special worthy of lots of praise. Indeed, even today, Creature Comforts is regarded as taking stop-motion animation to another level of excellence, pushing the boundaries of what people thought it was all about. Following the huge success of Creature Comforts, it was clear that there was more scope for expansion with this style of animation. Since the creation of Channel 4, companies had the platform to advertise in a way never done before, and due to the short length of the optimum Creature Comforts clip, adverts were the perfect place to take it next. So, 
Almond produced a 12 short ad series for Heat Electric, using the same style as the original Creature Comforts, although in the end only 11 of the 12 were actually shown. Nick once again went round asking different members of the public questions, only this time they were more specific, about the benefits of using electricity to heat their houses. The beauty of these adverts was that they were so simple and natural, no scripting, so the language used was very unlike that of a scriptwriter. They should be sort of fairly modern in design, and they got to be easily turn off and honourable. Whilst there were lots of new characters and voices, the same family who voiced the polar bears in the first Creature Comforts went on to voice penguins in the adverts. Co-founder of Arben, Peter Lord, recalled that after these ads were released on primetime TV, the actors' unions were getting upset that the public had been used rather than actors. But of course, using actors would have completely missed the point of the adverts. It was also unfortunate that by the time the last adverts in the series were being made, the first had already been broadcast, because of the amount of time that stop-motion animation requires. So the public had become wise, and indeed very keen, to the purpose of the interview, which wasn't quite the idea. But the time delay did give the client and ad agency a chance to fine-tune the way they went about the interviews, and respond to the market research at the time. Ironically, many people often remember these cosy adverts more than the original, and they went on to win many awards for being so memorable, and having the rare ability to induce a public fondness for a utility appliance. Fourteen years after the original Creature Comforts were shown, it was clear that the public's love of animated plasticine models was still there. In a world full of computer-generated imagery and fast-paced films, Auburn's slower but still humorous animation style is homely, comforting, and just generally feel-good. So, in 2002, Nick came up with ideas for Creature Comforts Series 2. Golly was asked to direct it, as Nick had quite a full plate at the time, and Auburn approached ITV for a broadcasting deal. Naturally, ITV jumped at this, fully aware of its almost guaranteed success. As a company, Ardman was much bigger now than when they made the original and the ads, so the production of the new series was on much larger scale to make 130 minutes of animation on 30 different topics. Of course, actually getting interviews with enough interest in them to fill all those minutes is a bit of a mammoth challenge, and the team ended up recording in batches over the breadth of the episodes, gradually building them all up at the same time. In total, over 350 people were interviewed, and after many cuts, there were eventually about 150 characters, which gave a fairly good chance of making it into plasticine form, really. The producer, Julie Lockhart, claimed that this high success rate of content was mostly down to the quality of the interviewer's questioning. The interviews were structured around 13 themes, and interviews for them were conducted all over the UK. People in their homes or just out and about asked how they felt about all these topics. The topics were the sea, the beach, working animals, feeding time, what's it all about, the garden, cats or dogs, the circus, the pet shop, pets at the vets, being a bird, is anyone out there, and Merry Christmas. I believe that the whole series is available to watch on the Creature Comforts YouTube channel, and if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend doing so, as it's excellent. Now, when creating film, 
Now, when creating film in such a way, extracting interviews and voices and putting them in a new context, there's a risk of taking things too far in the search of humour that it turns to cruelty. The choice of animals, what's going on in the background, what the animal itself is actually doing, could all be interpreted by the animator in ways which the person whose voice it is might not be best pleased about. So it was really important to Nick that they got it right. One of his key philosophies when making the episodes was not to make the person actually talking look foolish and keep the comedy to the unvoiced background characters. Some of those interviewed were so good that they were asked on multiple different occasions. The cat and the dog were interviewed about four or five times and after the last interview, Arbman showed them the animation and by pure chance the guy who was playing the cat was sitting on the sofa in exactly the same pose. Once they decided on the animals and had the voices, the next step was designing the characters. These were painstakingly sketched over and over until they achieved something they were happy to go forward to model making with. The models are then built out of plasticine, with a basic wire armature skeleton inside and a simple ah mouth. Then it's the job of the assistant animators to sculpt it into all the different mouth shapes needed to animate the speech. A big challenge for the animators was that they didn't have any visual references with which to work from when animating the animals, just a transcript of the dialogue. It was then up to them how the character acts and reacts to what they say. To help the animators with this process, Golly used live action video briefing, which is basically a video of themselves acting out the pre-recorded dialogue and then used by the animators as a reference to help properly depict all the emotions and gestures of the characters. Once the animation is done, it's down to the post-production team to edit everything. All the sound, voices, clips, music, backgrounds and so on, all together and add any special effects. And some other more complicated things, I imagine. And then, the finished thing is what we see. Quite an achievement, I'd say and great training for junior animators in the company. There's something very charming about the style of Creature Comforts, making the everyday conversation entertainment worthy. I know there's probably lots of stuff in the pipeline at the moment at Aardman, but I've kind of got my fingers crossed for another series of Creature Comforts at some point in the future. Today's book is one I referred to for quite a lot of the content of this episode, which is Andy Lane's Creating Creature Comforts book, published in 2003. This covers the origins of Creature Comforts, but goes into a lot more depth for the latest series, from the ideas, recording process, character design, animation and post-production. It's all in there, and written in a very accessible and, and easy-to-read way, so it's not just the professional animators that can understand. I particularly like the section on how they created the characters, sometimes inspired just by an off-the-cuff line during one of the interviews. And it was also interesting to learn about the Lab Animals episode, which didn't make the cut in the end, for a whole host of reasons. The book also includes little excerpts, kind of like mini-interviews you might get in other publications, from the Creature Comforts animals themselves, which I thought was a nice touch. 
full of lots of stills from the films, as well as sketches, behind-the-scenes shots, and lots more. This is an excellent book for anyone wanting to find out more about the series. All's well that ends well, that's what I say. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's bonus episode. Join us next week when we delve into Wallace and Gromit's exploits in the UK, beyond the cinema or television screen. Cheerio! From me, from Gromit, from Arj. Au revoir, chaps.